Hello, JPMC, and welcome back to Life Happens. My name is Kate Cadet, and this podcast is all about real-life employees and their real-life stories, the good, the bad, and the unexpected. Along the way, we hope to show if you're experiencing something challenging in your own life, chances are you won't be the only one, and there may be ways the firm can help. In this month's episode, we're on the line to Dana Randell in Plano, Texas. She's a business analyst in home lending, and we're using some slightly more high-tech equipment today than a normal phone because Dana is profoundly deaf. Welcome to you, Dana, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So you were suspected to be born with the deafness because your mother had German measles when she was pregnant. Is that right? That is correct. Basically, what that means is back in 1964, um, 63, 64, there was an outbreak of the German measles in the United States, and about 50,000 children who were born in that time frame were born with deafness. So they traced it back to the German measles or rubella. And so I am considered a rubella baby from that time period. At that same time, after I was born, I had a year or two of major ear infections in the first year of my life. So based on that, it was so close in time, they just determined that it was due to the German measles. But had I not had that part of my life, it still would have happened with all of the ear infections that I did have. And you grew up in a hearing family, and you went to mainstream school full of hearing kids. How did you get on? In the beginning, I didn't realize I was any different. So I just went about my merry way and played with kids. And looking back, I see it now. But when I was going through and growing up, I didn't really see it. The only difference for me was being pulled out of class once a week for speech therapy or always having to sit up front and close and to the teachers. But as far as growing up, no, it was... As I grew older and began to realize that I wasn't laughing at the right time at jokes or wouldn't even get them, and I was missing larger pieces of the conversation, and then when I was asked a question and my response wouldn't be the answer to that question is really when it started to manifest itself into me more. Actually, when it really hit me was I was out one night with a bunch of my friends in high school, and... I started hearing this noise, and I kept saying, what is that noise? And no one could understand. They were like, oh, is that a car going by? Or, oh, that's a plane. And then I kept saying, no, no, no. And finally, everyone got really quiet because I was insistent on this noise. And I was starting to get freaked out because I didn't know what the noise was. And lo and behold, it was a frog. And it was a frog croaking, so however they do the ribbit or the, the croak, that's what I was hearing. It was a big bullfrog. And I had never heard a frog before, except for in the science movies that they show you in school, where they amplify and can see the frog, you know, do his thing. But to be able to make that connection in the real-life world was just you know, mind-boggling to me at that moment. And that's when I realized how much I was missing out on things versus just being inside my little bubble and just going about my merry way. So being profoundly deaf means that you do have some hearing. Do you have a percentage of hearing? Yeah, I have about a 30% hearing in my left ear 
and about maybe a 40% hearing on my right ear, but combined together, it can really cause some issues because what I have is something called tone deafness. And tone deafness is really auditory. The sound has to travel through the ear to the brain. The brain has to recognize those sounds and then make it into a word. And this happens for everyone. But for people who have tone deafness, it takes a lot longer. And sometimes the connections aren't made. It'll take me a second and I'll have to process it. And sometimes I'll have like a blank look on my face because I'm still bringing it all back in. You've been with J.P. Morgan since 2003, and what is your job, and how does an inability to hear at full strength either hold you back or not hold you back? I've always worked in the home lending environment, and for the longest time I was in production. But in the past nine years or so, I've been more on the analytic side with customer experience. And so what I do is I look at the customer complaints and the customer verbatims from surveys and see how we can make it better for not only our employees, but for our customers as well. I can look at things and pick out real quickly whether or not a customer felt that they were being discriminated against. But on the flip side, it does hinder me because I can't just jump in and listen to calls. So when we record all of our calls, I can't just say, oh, I'll listen to that call and I'll get back to you in 10 or 15 minutes because I would have to stop the recording to listen to the first five words, play it back at least six times, whereas a normal hearing person can listen to that call, get it all down, retain it in their memory, and just be able to speak to it. Even though my memory is great, because I have to spend so much time understanding the words, I have to break it down in little chunks to put it all together. And you've worked in a team that's been together for... A while. You've known colleagues for many years. And when your team gets to know you, how did they adapt to your being profoundly deaf? It is absolutely amazing. The first thing that I always did was, especially in my professional career, is tell my team or my colleagues, hey, I'm deaf. I'm not going to hear you. So if I walk past you and you're trying to get my attention, I'm not being rude. I'm not being mean. I just (laughs) didn't hear you. Just try to put my teammates at ease to say, hey, I'm different, I know I'm different, but if you help me, we can make this a better experience for everyone. In conference room settings, they'll make sure you know that somebody will sit next to me and write little notes to me just to make sure that I'm hearing what is being said. Meeting minutes are very much appreciated, and so my, my new manager, who I've had since July, she's amazing in making sure that I get meeting minutes after the call. So now I know what happened, and if I didn't understand anything, I can question it. And we also have the wonderful captioners that we have in New York City. We have three captioners. They jump on the calls, and they'll transcribe everything for the person and then send it to them in writing afterwards. I haven't utilized that service, although I should, but because I have such a good network around me, I sometimes forget that that option is actually there for me. And you've been really involved with Accessibility BRG and the firm's Office of Disability and Inclusion for a while. You're also chair of an internal community for deaf people at the firm. And you're working on something called Disability 101. What's that? That is something specific to a work stream in the Dallas Corporate Center that 
our regional nurse, Carolyn Griffith, had come up with an idea of when we do town halls for the site, to do something a little bit fun where it's not offensive to anyone, but at the same time raises the awareness and advocates for disabilities and advocates for any of our employees that may have disabilities in the sense that we want to be able to say, hey, we're here, but if I'm in a wheelchair, for an example, you don't have to go running in front of me to open that door. I'm in a wheelchair. I've been in a wheelchair for my whole life. I think I know how I can open the door myself. But so please don't jump in front of me. My thing is the more people are aware, the more you have a support network and the more that everyone around you will make sure that you're okay and you're going the right path of what you need to do. So what about someone who has a disability that may not be visible? You're quite an outgoing person, and you're able to say what's on your mind pretty easily, but for somebody who might be afraid to speak up to their manager or colleagues about their disability, do you have any advice for them? Yes. Be honest. Be you. You can't stop what has happened to you. You can't change what has happened. But what you do have control over is the outcome in your future. So take the time out. Don't be scared because if you're scared, that's going to manifest its way into negative outcomes. It's more on us, the disabled, to raise our hands, especially if it's non-visible, to say, hey, I need to talk to you for about 10 or 15 minutes, and this is why, and explain to the manager Is it going to be uncomfortable? Oh, yes, it will be very uncomfortable. But at the same time, you're doing not only yourself a favor, you're doing your manager a favor as well. You're going to help broaden their base. You're going to help enlighten them on how to be a better manager. And sometimes it takes you standing up and being yourself. We need to come out, stand up, be heard, be vocal, and... Also remember that retaliation and repercussions are not acceptable as well. So if you feel that you're being retaliated against because you came forward, you have other paths as well. That's filing an HR complaint, going to your manager's manager, whatever that path may be. But for anyone who has a non-visible disability, don't sit there and suffer in silence. We're here. And the more that we know who we have in our sites... And the more we know who you are, then the more we can do throughout the firm to become more accessible and intentionally inclusive. We are a a big company and we have 250,000 people and we've got, you know, you could be in a team of 300 people. Yeah. And you're spending your days together. It's flipping it on its head instead of advice to a disabled person who might not feel comfortable about talking about his or her disability. What about the managers? What can they do? The managers can be more keenly aware. Know your employees. Talk to your employees. Be one that is empathetic. Be one that is willing to hear what your employees have to say. Don't be condescending. Don't act like you have an air above everyone else because at the same time, we're all human. Take all the training you can out there. Ask for 
training on how can I be a better manager with disabled employees. Join the BRGs, go to their functions, and ask what they can do to help. Join the deaf and hard of hearing community, join the non-visible community, and just be a part of it. Because the more that you're a part of it, the more that you can offer your perspective on how we can make it better from a hearing or from a fully abled perspective. I think the message that I really want everyone to take is awareness is key, awareness is gold. And looking back to what we've just accomplished for the firm with the recent H Street branch in Washington, D.C., where it's our first of its kind in the industry, full-service branch, where our staff is ASL fluent, is absolutely amazing. And we should all learn from that, because what we're trying to do is make it so that we're acting in the community the way we need to be. And in that particular community, it is very heavily populated with the deaf and hard of hearing community. But going through that process of learning and being part of the project team and just watching this, the market expansion team who knew nothing about real estate space or death space, watching and seeing everyone come together for the common cause, that's what we need to do. Not just in Washington, D.C., but across the firm, in every site, in every community. The more that we're aware and the more that we do as a firm and each and every one of us, the better we'll be. And be that person that sparks it. Be that person that lights that little fire. Because you never know where you're going to end up. I never thought today I'd be sitting here talking to you, Kate, from across the world about this. Never in my wildest dreams. (laughs) Did I think I would be sitting here doing this? Well, me neither, Dana. Thank you so much for spending time and talking to us today. This has been a fantastic conversation. Remember, if you're going through something new or challenging in your life, why not see how the firm can help? Start at the Life Happens homepage on the internet for information on all the resources available to you in your location. And if you enjoyed this episode, please like or comment below using the Ink app. And don't forget to leave us suggestions for future topics. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you'll join us next time on Life Happens. 